Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. What is your most favorite thing? Sleeping. No, I bet I can guess it. It's this. When somebody sits next to you at their desk going, You want to die today, don't you? Happy Mother's Day. I don't like you right now. Welcome to Fireproof Your Retirement, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us for Fireproof Your Retirement. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me today, the lovable, the affable. I don't know, that sounded right. I don't even know if that's a word. Affable? Yeah. Well, we'll come back to it. The I'm going to speak my mind co-host Vanessa. Hi, everyone. Behind the scenes, we've got producer Mitch. He won't be saying hi. Well, maybe you can do a voiceover if you want. We don't give him a microphone. And today we're going to switch how we do the show a little bit. Okay. So what we're going to do, we've got three different videos we want to play. Um, I guess one wasn't really a video. I want to start with this. I get a lot of clients that come up to me and they've been a client for a while. Mm-hmm. And they come in for an annual review or whatever it may be that we're meeting. And they've got this big smile. They're like, hey, Mike. I'm like, what? They're like, you're going to be proud of me. Oh, yeah? Why? What? You know, what's going on? You won't believe what I did. My nephew, he got a job. I'm like, great. Another millennial in the workforce. That's what we need. Because I'm sure they love it when you say that. I think I more internalize that. Okay. I go, no, but on all serious, what's up? Well, my nephew just got a job. He's in the workforce, and you won't believe what I told him to do. And, wow. he, and he followed. I'm like, what? I told him, start putting the 401k. You got the match. You got to, Look, he's so young, Mike. Look, what a great thing this is. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think I asked them? What does he have saved up? Yeah. How much does he have in savings and checking? You know, and people will look at me almost dumbfounded. Like, That's well, too personal of a question to they, ask. They say that. They go... Well, I don't know. I go, why not? I'm not going to ask him about his money. But you're telling him to put part of his paycheck into a 401k. You're telling him what to do with his money. Yeah. there. Well, and that's the thing. So what, wouldn't you tell him to, you know, we've talked about this, Bob. We've talked about having an emergency fund first. Well, I guess we have, but I thought this was a good thing. Yeah. You know what? Yes. It's it's better than him buying Funyuns and Playstations. Funyuns are really good, though. Not exactly a good use of disposable income. I know. It's been a very long time since I've had a funny, and now that you bring that up. Mitch also brought up something to me that I have not considered before. What? So you can't... I found big bags of combos, not to get too far off track, but big bags of combos only on Amazon. Mm -hmm. You can't get big bags at the store, at least not where he's at. Right. You can't really get them here either. 
I think the manufacturers are colluding with the stores to make us buy combos in smaller quantities, thus increasing the price per ounce we pay. Probably. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. All right. Well, let's start with this video first. Give you a little insight on it. It's Roseanne. I'm not sure why we love this show so much. It's because they're blunt and they're going through what most of America is going through right now. And so Dan is a contractor. He does, um, what was it? He does... Drywall. Drywall, right. And there's a builder that they almost always get the job, and this time he doesn't get it. Now, before we go into this, he's going to use the word illegal here. And if that offends you, I mean, settle down. That's not what this is about. If using the word illegal offends you, then replace it with, I don't know, Republican. What hey. happened? I got underbid on Al's job. He's using illegals. What? We needed that money. It ain't right, Rosie. Those guys are so desperate, they'll work for nothing, and we're getting screwed in the process. It's Al that sucks. He's taking advantage. All I know is we can't pay our bills. You know, and I pause there because there's people who get, are getting a tax return, mm -hmm. and they rely on it. It's like, right. well, I got this three grand coming in. Right, and they've basically figured it out to the T what they're getting every year. And they've already spent the money. Right. They spent it in February. Right. I had a client recently. They came in and they were sharing with me how this had affected them. Mm-hmm. Because... Their they, tax return. Mm-hmm. Right. They'd made a mistake three years earlier and the IRS just caught it. Tax Yay. return that they were counting on. Gone. Right. So, yeah, let's get back to this. Too late. I thought the money was for sure, so I sent out the checks a couple of days ago. I always try to pay the final, final notice on time. <laughs> I hear that's good for your credit. Great, now they're all gonna bounce. Not all. I mean, there's enough money to cover one. <laughs> round and round it goes. Who gets paid, nobody knows. <laughs> we love this show, at least you and I do, and I think America has loved it because it hits home. It does, but it also, I mean, it's making light of a serious situation, but a lot of people go through this. So what we're going to do today that we said was a little bit unique is we're going to play the three, the different videos that we want to use, and then we'll come back and highlight them all. Here's the next one. It's by Money, uh, or Time, and I guess it's a subset with Money, um, and it talks about the first thing to do when starting a new job. Now, obviously, we've already given you a little bit of hint, but it's the first thing to do when starting a new job. Tips from the pros. This is what the first thing you should do at when a new job. When you start a new job, one of the most important things that you should do is contribute to your 401k plan if that's available through your employer. So, Her title was financial asset manager. This next guy, Benjamin. And by the way, if you ever call somebody's child Benjamin, if they have a Benjamin... They get really upset. So here's another advisor, Benjamin. When you put money into a traditional 401k, that money isn't taxed when you put it in there. So let's say you earn $10,000 rather than having to pay $3,000 tax and only have $7,000 to put into a brokerage account. You have the full $10,000 that can go into your 401k. All right, throw the flag back up the truck on that one. Somebody's a little upset. Well, I hate the the half truce. Like, 
You've got to say something that's half true so that it makes what you want somebody to do more um, clear cut. Isn't that more desirable? Manipulation. Yes. So why is that a half truth? Let me say what he said. If you have $10,000 you can invest, if you don't do it in your 401k, you'll you'll pay $3,000 in taxes and be left with seven. Number one, that's after tax dollars. So right. the 10, when you pull it out, you pay tax anyway. So if it's the same tax later as it is now, that's you're a still, wash. You're still going to only have seven. Right. Number two, there's tax deferred plans outside of employers. Right. I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying that the 401k is a bad idea, but this whole, well, you better do it that way so you don't pay $3,000 in taxes. Secondly, that would put them in the 24% tax bracket. Which means they make a lot of money. Correct. Average American's going to be in the 12% bracket, even at 4 or 5% state. Come on. Use good math. And accumulate without taxes until you ultimately take the money out. The great thing about tax deferred growth. You know, and again, I, I'm being nitpicky here, but he says accumulate without tax. No, accumulate while delaying. Right. You're still going to have to pay taxes while on it. deferring. And the 401k is that you will not get taxed throughout the year uh, on the earnings, for example, like you would in an individual account. So Hans, that's the la that last guy's name. Hans is a little bit more accurate. I would expect so because he's wearing a bow tie. Another thing that happens with a 401k is a lot of times the employer will match your contributions. So let's say you're putting $100 a week into the 401k. The employer might match the first $50. So instead of putting $100 in there, you put $150. And that $50 that you're getting from the employer is something that you otherwise wouldn't get. It's essentially free money that your employer is giving to you. And just by contributing to the 401k, you're able to get this extra income. This is what gets me. What? Read the top line. In this series, can you read it from there? I can't because you have it tilted away from me. It says, in this series, tips from the pros, money taps, the collective wisdom of expert financial planners. What's the number one rule? Step number one of financial planning. Have an, rhymes with, urgency. Emergency. Look at that. We're finishing each other's sentences. Have an emergency fund. And then I know we're running short on time, so I'll come back to this one last uh, after the break. But I've been getting a lot of marketing ads. I read a lot about financials, obviously, and investing, mm -hmm. finance. I get a ton of ads. Clickbait. That all come back to one thing. We'll tell you what that is when we come back. The ups and downs of the stock market can be exciting, but not if you're near or in retirement. Predictable returns may not be exciting, but your needs tend to change later in life. When you are ready for a relatively more predictable financial plan, call Legacy Financial Network. We focus on crafting effective financial strategies. You can get your adrenaline rush elsewhere. Give our office a call at 855-LF-NETWORK or visit us at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. Welcome back to the second segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. Thanks for staying with us today. We're talking about really the number one rule of finance. Having a plan B. Emergency fund. I had a plan B for today's show. If it didn't start going well, I had this. Mm 
you are supposed to be nice to me this weekend. It's Mother's Day weekend, and you know how much I hate tapping. <laughs> All right. So I said before the break that there was a commercial or an advertisement that I've been getting a lot. And when I tried to Google it, we've actually, as I said before, this is the second recording we're doing of this show. We didn't like how it went the first time. Because Mike went on a tirade, as you all know that goes. That No. You know what we didn't notice the first time was I typed in. So the, the ad I've been getting is, if you invest $1,000 in Apple 10 years ago, here's how much you'd have. And when the Google search gave me that, I've got Apple. Here's another one with Amazon. Amazon. Here's another one with Nike. Nike. Here's another one with cryptocurrencies. What here's, is a crypto? Never mind. Don't you, go down that rabbit hole. You do. Hole. The Bitcoin. Okay. Digital currency. So... We're going to have fun with this one. And I'm going to have to read it out um, because... All it is is music and then they... Why make a video if you're just going to make people read it? I don't know. It's probably a millennial. <laughs> it says, if you invested in these stocks in the 80s, 90s, or 2000s, you'd... It doesn't say it, so I'm just assuming that's how they'd say it. You'd be rich. Right well, it's highlighted in a different color, so... That's what they're saying. Now. All right, so here's what they are. The first one, M&T Bank. If you invested $1,000 in M&T Bank in 1980, you'd have, what was that, 640000 Yeah, roughly. $640,948 yeah. by 2016. So 26 over, years. No, 36. 36 years. Yeah, we made that mistake last Love. time, too. All right, so we're going to have a little bit of fun with this. We're going to use an investment calculator. We got 36 mm -hmm. years, $1,000 in there. Give me a rate of return. I know we've already played this game, but I want to do it for the listeners because it's going to really highlight the problem with this. You know, just do 12 because everybody says that that's the average, even though that's a lie. No, it is the average. 12 is the average. Here's why averages are misleading. Right. And we'll see if this one makes the final cut. Last time we used this, producer Mitch didn't think it was appropriate and cut it out. So we're going to clean it up a little bit. Hmm. I don't know if that was the reason. Maybe it was just time. I don't know. Here's well, the he thing. got sick of listening to your voice. You want to do the average then? No. All right. So we'll use this when I'm meeting with people. And in our meetings, we always have two of us. I've got a team member and then myself. Um, it doesn't matter why, but there's always two of us. And so I'll use the team member. Last week, I was using this analogy. And I looked at the client and said, let's call him Bob. Bob, averages can be misleading. He says, well, what do you mean? I said, let's imagine that Mike here, Mike and his wife, on average, um, each run 10 miles a week. I go, that's kind of impressive, don't you think? He kind of looks at Mike like, oh, it doesn't look like it, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> kind of looks at Mike and goes, yeah, that is, I mean, that it's pretty impressive. And I said, it's impressive until you find out that Mike's wife runs 20 and he runs none. Bum, bum, bum. Still a valid statistic though, isn't it? Right, because it's an average. Take two people, mm -hmm. 20 miles divided by two equals 10. Put somebody making $200,000 in a room and, and um, an unemployed person. The average wage is 100000 Yeah. Averages are misleading. But. So the so average rate of return is 12%. Misleading. But let's use 12. Okay. $1,000 over 36 years. It brings us to 60 grand. Now remember the number they just showed was 640. Right. And the reason they do this is because we're trying to get everyone to start investing. I want to see if I have enough time for this. We're trying to get everyone to start investing, and it's more fun to talk about return. Mm -hmm. When did this start? I want everyone to rewind the clock, go back to 1977. Don't think of what you were doing in 1977. Just stay with me for a minute. That wasn't any, even a blip on the radar. No, you weren't. 
a decade before I was born. Is it really? Yeah. Youngin'. Anyways. <laughs> and so 1977, we create the 401k. Mm-hmm. Before the 401k, do you think the average family person, American, was actively trading stocks, bonds, mutual funds? No. No. Now, they might have had some. They had a, like a certificate. Right. And they filed it away. They almost hoarded it. Right. My brothers got those for Christmas for my grandma a couple of years in a row. And they're like, what am I supposed to do with this piece of paper? I had a baseball coach who what gave- What do you mean I can't spend this? I had a baseball coach who gave me a bond as a graduation gift in high school, but it was a 30-year bond so that the actual cash value of it was under the limit so that it didn't violate collegiate rules. Eligibility. <laughs> it's still around the house. Do you even know where that is? Somewhere. Yeah, I do. So what's the point of that though? Average Americans weren't in stocks, bonds, mutual funds back then. It was something they were unfamiliar with. And I'll ask you, are people typically comfortable or uncomfortable with things they're unfamiliar with? Uncomfortable. Easy. If you were comfortable with it, you're generally familiar with it. Have you ever changed the oil on a car? No. Would you be comfortable if I told you to do it this afternoon? (laughs) No. Well, first of all, you wouldn't do it just because I told you to do it, but it would be uncomfortable. First of all, if you told me to go change the uh, oil... I would tell you to go fly a kite. I don't see what flying a kite would have to do with it. That is the nice way of I know you what it means. It. So we're uncomfortable with things we're unfamiliar with. How do we get everyday Americans? And there isn't the 401k the death of the pension? Yeah, kind of. It is. Absolutely. That's the path that goes down. So we got to get Americans to start investing. Mm-hmm. There, If you think of investing, it breaks down into two facets, risk and rate of return. Before 1977, Risk was paid attention to a lot. Mm -hmm. So why didn't we continue that? We've got to now teach people. 1977 after we create the 401k, we got to teach people about this. Mm -hmm. So there's employer meetings to get people comfortable. If they're more familiar with it, they'll be more comfortable with it. Right. How do we get people um, to get educated? This is before YouTube. Right. So we do employer meetings. Which is very nice of them. Now, let me give you two types of employer meetings. One uh, face factored focused on risk, one focused on rate of return. Mm -hmm. Here's one focused on risk. Come to our retirement meeting today to learn how to manage standard deviation, beta, and alpha um, in your portfolio. Boring. Yeah. Chloroform, more like bloriform. You're such a weirdo. No one goes to that meeting. Is that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. No one but me. Right. How about this one? Come to today's retirement meeting to learn how to retire with more wealth and more income than you had during your working years. Everybody shows up. And what's that one focus on? Risk or rate of return? Rate of return. So we get people to start focusing on rate of return. And that hasn't stopped yet. Why is this such a popular advertisement? If you put $1,000 in Apple 10 years ago, here's what you'd have. If you put 1000 in Amazon 10 years ago, here's what you'd have. If you put 1000 in Nike 10 years ago, here's what you'd have. If you put $1,000 in cryptocurrency, here's what you'd have. I'm going to finish this commercial and then we'll go to break. If you put $1,000 in biotech company, Illumina, in 2000, you'd have 18000 If you put $1,000 in Cisco in 1990, you'd have 440 And that's the tech company, Cisco, not the food company. Right. And Apple, by the way, is the tech company, not the fruit. Oh my gosh, really? (laughs) Let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Retirement can be both exciting and intimidating. At Legacy Financial Network, 
We have found many people fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. Since deciding when to file for your benefit is so important, our firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy, call our office at 855-LF-NETWORK or visit us at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com to learn more. Welcome back, everybody, to the third and final segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. And we'll finish with... All right. I'm not coming home for the rest of the afternoon. You can deal with everything that needs to be done before tomorrow. Wonderful. Well, it's going to be Pizza Hut. No, I like to cook. All right. I want to get back to the financial calculator. Mm -hmm. So we talked about averages being misleading. Right. $1,000 36 years ago. You want to stay on the 36? I don't know that really. Well, maybe we'll have time to do all of them. Well, it's a valid point because they told you you would get 640 grand. So let's see what rate of return we need to get to that. At a 14%. So we're going to bump it up 2%. It goes from six. Now remember at 12%, it was how much? Just shy of 60. So at 14%, we go up to almost a little over 110. So let's go up to 16. We're up to over 200. And we got to get to what? 640. 18 gets me to 380. Now 20 gets you to six or 708. So I think if I remember correctly, because we did this earlier, about a 19.5% rate of return is what you need. Right. Now let's go to the um, the tech one. What was it, Cisco? Yes. And that got me up to what, 440? Right. So I'm going to keep the 19.5% rate, but I'll bring the number of years down to 26. So a 19.5% rate of return brings me to 102. Let's try 22%. 175. Let's try 25%. 330. We're going to go bigger than 25. 27. 490. So about 26. Yeah. yeah about 26 and a half. I mean, that's so, ridiculous. I'm sorry. And the last one was 16 years and up to 18,000. So we'll just start at the 26. Well, uh, 26 40. brings us to 40. Let's try 20. Yeah, 20. Just about. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we doing? We're showing all these humongous rates of return. I want to get go, what they say you were going to get. It's it's yeah, it's cuz that's fun. Right, but it's not accurate. It's not realistic. So if people are planning on retiring with $600,000 if they invested 10 in well, let's go back whatever to, it was. Let's go back to the 36. Okay. The 36 years and what do we say? It was 19.5 to get to the 6. Mm-hmm. That's 609. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it let me do 3 quarters. Yeah. So it's 19 point, let's try 19.7. There it is. So 19.7% rate of return. Just to make this easier, let's compare 20. I'm going to round up. Okay. All right. So at a 20% rate of return for 36 years, you get to 708. Here's what hits me though. If I roll the clock back three or five years, okay? The balance, guess, what would the balance be? 500. The balance five years before retirement would be 284. That's not even half. Nope. So you're telling me you'll spend 31 years, it'll get to 284,000. And you're going to stick with it. And you don't feel like, you know it's a good rate of return. Right. But somebody, here's the problem. Somebody promised you it would be three quarters of a million almost. And you're only at? A third. Right. It's like somebody telling you you lose 30 pounds in 30 days. On day 20, you're at five. I'm going to go out and get me a McDonald's double quarter pounder with cheese and some French fries to drown my sorrows. That's what I'm going to do. It's going to be difficult to maintain it. Right. When you see why advisors 
yell almost about rate of return. Here's why. At 20%, it was 708. At 18, it's 387. Right. At 16, it's 209. Right. Guys, think about it. Having I, I have heard people go, well, if I'm just if I'm almost right, uh, that's still pretty darn good. 20% 708. What's 10%? Half right. Like 100. 30. Not 130. Oh. 30. 30. Ouch. 30,912. But you're half right, so that's something. It's still a good rate of return. But you were expecting 640. Why do people get so disenfranchised with the financial world? Because they feel like they're getting lied to all the time. And it's because you don't understand statistics. And quite frankly, I think most advisors don't. And I know that's not going to make this a popular comment. Here's why I'm almost positive most advisors don't understand math. You want to go down that rabbit hole? I do. Okay. I know we didn't intend to, but I, I do. They say it's worth taking more risk because of compounding interest, right? Mm-hmm. You just saw that half the rate of return does not equal half the results. Right. Why? Because of compounding interest. Einstein called it the eighth wonder of the world. So going from 10 to 20 didn't result in twice the return. It resulted in 20 times the rate of return. 23 right. times the rate of return to be exact. So, watch. And that's attributed to one thing, right? Because mm-hmm. I didn't change time frame. Right. I didn't change amount invested. I changed one thing, rate of return. Right. Compounded rate of return is all I changed. I cut it in half. You mm-hmm. with me? If you plan on using any of your money in retirement, where interest rates are right now, don't you think a lot of people at least spend the interest? Probably. Most spend more that I see. The generation before us, when we had 10 and 12% CDs, they said, all you have to do is just live on the interest. Right. They believed in that model. Right. They didn't say live on less. They said, spend the interest. Right. So even that generation spent the interest, but now CDs are 2%. Mm-hmm. So people spend more than the interest. Here's the definition of compounding interest. Making interest on your interests... Interest. Interest on your interest interest. You with me? Yep. So when you spend the interest, what have you just effectively done? Gotten rid of the interest interest. You've effectively gotten rid of compounding interest. Mm -hmm. There was one thing that if I doubled the rate of return, my return, my result didn't double. It was 23 times. One thing led to that. One. It was called compounding interest. Well, yeah, we finish each other's sentences. Uh-huh. I was going to say not spending your interest. Right. So it's compounding interest. Think about that. You get a retirement, you spend the interest. It's eliminated compounding interest. Right. So if you continue to take the same risk as you did before, you will get a lower result mm-hmm. because it was compounding interest that gave you the bigger result. Right. So if you take twice the amount of risk, you don't get a bigger, you don't, how do I say this? If you're taking the same amount of risk you were taking before, you'll get a lower result. So therefore, you are now taking a greater unit of risk per unit of result. Does that make sense? Sort of. Yet, most of you will still do that. Yet, most advisors will still do that. Mm-hmm. You have to have some safe, safer money. Risk is measured differently in retirement than it is in the accumulation stage. You know what? What? 
We got three kids. Yep. I really like their uh, pediatrician. Mm-hmm. I really like them. And we got, you know, but here's the thing. If our kids, I would expect they would outgrow him as a pediatrician at some point. Right. Because you move on. Right. Does that make him not a very good pediatrician? No. No. That means you are not a child anymore. And you've got different needs. Right. Our industry tends to take people who specialize in preserving and distributing wealth. Mm -hmm. And those people tend to say bad things about those who help you accumulate it. Right. That's like a primary care physician for an adult. Talking crap about a pediatrician. Right. Talking trash about the peds. (laughs) The peds department. They they just know how to do diapers. They don't even know how to do shots. (laughs) You don't hear that. No. Because both roles are extremely important. You know, in fact, I'll tell you this. Is there even a point to having a preserve and distributing advisor if you never accumulated? No. No. So you got to make sure we've got to change our focus. We get into retirement. The math changes. The behaviors changes. The emotions changes. The tools change. Focus on risk first. Mm-hmm. And if you need help with that, go to one of our workshops. You can sign up online at www.legacyfinancialnetwork.com. It's www.legacyfinancialnetwork.com. Give us a call. You can talk to a real human. They're right here in West Michigan. 616-589-4004. 616-589-4004. Until next week, we are your hosts. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.